traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Welcome to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. I am your host, Taylor West. I am the Deputy Director at NCIA, and I'm joined today by our Executive Director, Aaron Smith. Hi, Taylor. Great to be with you, Aaron. We are very excited to be launching our very first episode. The idea behind this show is going to be to wrap up all of the results from a very momentous election 2016. But before we jump into that immediately, I wanted to take an opportunity to tell those of you who may not be familiar with NCIA a little bit about who we are and our background. And we've got the best person possible to talk about that because Aaron is not just the executive director of NCIA. He is also its co-founder. So, Aaron, I thought we'd start out, you know, what is NCIA and why did you start it? Yeah, NCIA is the trade association for responsible legal cannabis businesses across the country. Uh, we founded NCIA in 2010, uh, myself and, and Steve Fox, because at that time we were seeing uh, a whole new constituency develop within the, the marijuana reform movement, uh, which we'd been a part of for many years prior. Uh, and that was businesses and investors and entrepreneurs that were flooding into the, the new uh, space that was existing in, in states like California and Colorado, 
uh, Colorado specifically at that time was uh, starting, we were seeing for-profit businesses developing uh, and noticed that really there was no voice for those businesses uh, to advocate for themselves at the national level. Uh, thus, NCIA was born. And now we uh, have grown over uh, just about six years to represent uh, over a thousand member businesses in uh, 40 states, I think, across the country. So we represent businesses like cultivators, uh, retailers, infused product makers, but also the uh, many, many ancillary products and services that, that uh, exist within the industry. Yeah, you know, I am coming up on my three-year anniversary. Could that possibly be true? <laughs> three years, uh, yeah, at NCIA starting in January. Uh, and I can tell you uh, that when I started, NCIA had about 300 to 350 members. Uh, so it's been remarkable to watch in the last three years how we have more than tripled in size. Uh, and I think it really reflects the way the cannabis industry itself has grown in the last three years. Let's start with a recap of the election results from 2016. There were nine states with cannabis measures on the ballot. Five of those were for adult use cannabis and four were for medical. And now we know that eight out of those nine states were successful. In, in California, Maine, Massachusetts, and Nevada, we saw success for adult use marijuana programs. In Arkansas, Florida, Montana, and North Dakota, we saw success for medical marijuana programs. This means major changes across the country when it comes to cannabis policy, and it means a lot in terms of our approach to federal policy as well. Aaron, I want to talk to you about California first, uh, not only because it's the largest state by far to ever legalize marijuana for adult use, but it's also a state that you have a lot of personal history with. Uh, and I thought maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thrilled to see California join the states uh, that have regulated marijuana and uh, made the decision to depart from from marijuana prohibition. And we've been, you know, California has always been a leader uh, on social issues like uh, cannabis. And uh, we've been working here uh, since the 70s, really, to uh, to continue to, to push for reform. Uh, I remember in 2006, uh, we were working in Sacramento on a, on a piece of legislation that would essentially uh, legalize and regulate marijuana for adults. And it passed out of the Public Safety Committee. And that was a huge victory celebration that we, we just moved a bill out of committee for the first time in the, in the country that uh, the legalization bill move out of committee. Didn't go anywhere, of course, after that. Uh, and then in 2010, uh, another initiative, uh, Prop 19, was on the ballot uh, that just narrowly failed um, because, you know, at that time, uh, this, you know, the issue was, was not uh, as mainstream. as also was not a presidential election cycle, so we didn't see the voter turnout in 2010 that, that uh, Colorado and Washington enjoyed two years later. Uh, but, you know, it really, you know, I was obviously crushed in 2010 when that happened and then a little bit uh, – uh, upset that California wasn't the first state as we had been the first state to, to approve medical marijuana and the first and so many other things. But I think it, it actually really worked in our favor here because uh, voters in California were able to look to the success of programs in Colorado and Washington and Oregon 
uh, and it wasn't a very scary move uh, for them to, to overwhelmingly uh, support Proposition 64. You know, there has been a lot of debate in California among even industry people about the about Prop 64 itself and whether the protections go far enough for small businesses, small cultivators. There are some people who were pushing around this idea that perhaps we shouldn't be passing that. And I think you really had an opportunity to to talk to some of these folks and 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 explain to them why it was important that we move forward with this. Given that we probably have some of those people in our audience as well, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about why you think Prop 64 uh, really was the right choice? Yeah, uh, you know, taking uh, marijuana out of a out of the unregulated uh, criminal or gray market uh, is going to be so disruptive for some, but uh, Proposition 64 really protects small businesses. Proposition 64 has anti-monopoly provisions that have to be uh, taken into account to develop uh, the regulatory uh, framework f- for the initiative. Uh, there's a 22,000 square foot canopy uh, cap on, on cultivation. So uh, it pretty much, you know, keeps it small and, you know, that's relatively small. And I think that cap might be lifted in, in a few years with, uh, by the legislature, but, uh, and, you know, what's really important is that we, you know, see beyond uh, just the, the, the profits that might be made by selling cannabis in an unlicensed uh, and untaxed environment, uh, because, you know, that's not that's not the future. That's the past. And, and when you know, this country operates on a system where all products are regulated, taxed in some way. Uh, by the state and or federal government. And if we want to ha- truly have freedom for cannabis uh, business and cannabis consumers, we uh, have to create a similar regulatory framework. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we'll review a few other states and also talk about the impact of these elections at the federal level. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Mindful of sustainable practices and limiting their environmental footprint, Sansal hemp is always grown outdoors, as nature intended. By starting with uniform genetic profiles, Sansal ensures the plant will maintain its optimal performance and yield consistently throughout its life cycle. It is through innovative processes that Sansal is able to achieve pure whole hemp extracts and meet industry requirements and the level of quality desired by many of their customers. Healthy plants... Healthy people. SansalCBD.com. Improve your lifestyle naturally. The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the Seed to Sale Show, January 31st and February 1st at the Colorado Convention Center in Denver. Register now at www.seedtosaleshow.com or 888-409-4418. The NCIA Seed to Sale Show. The largest cannabis business event to be held in Denver will host over 2,000 cannabis professionals and focus on innovations and technology in cultivation, infused products and extraction, and sales strategies. The show will recognize the best in the industry with the Cannovation and Canatech Awards. Register before November 22nd for $200 savings at seedtosaleshow.com. Use the code RADIO15 for an additional 15% off. Plan your experience now for the NCIA Seed to Sale Show, January 31st and February 1st. SeedToSaleShow.com. 
or 888-409-4418. fortunate to have Michael Brewer of Brewer and Shipley. Your signature top 10 song, One Toke Over the Line. I've read a couple different versions of, of what the tune's origins are. What's the true story? We were playing a little club in Kansas City. A friend stopped by with some really good hash. We stepped out back and came back in. We're tuning up in the dressing room and Tom said, man, I'm really one toke over the line. I just cracked up. I thought it was hysterical. We literally wrote that song just entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. It's time to Hem Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Cannabis use isn't the only thing growing. So are we. Grow with us. CannabisRadio.com Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I'm Taylor West, Deputy Director of NCIA, and joining me is Aaron Smith, Executive Director of NCIA. We are recapping a very exciting election season for the cannabis industry. Aaron, let's talk about Massachusetts. It's the first East Coast state to pass adult use marijuana, and that's important. Uh, talk a little bit about about why that's a big deal. Yeah, well, you know, c- cannabis reform has always been considered sort of a left coast uh, kind of thing that that hap- you know happens in places like Portland, Oregon, and San Francisco, California. And to be able to you know to know that we enjoy uh, support across all party lines and ages and and now regions uh, is, is hugely important, uh, looking at it from a national perspective and especially in Massachusetts where almost every elected official came out against, uh, the initiative there. And there was a huge institutional opposition and that was overcome, uh, and it's, uh, follow. Like you said, Massachusetts is quite different from that Western kind of, uh, libertarian-leaning sort of uh, state that has legalized marijuana in the past yet come into one of the original 13 colonies. Uh, seems like We also saw medical marijuana pass in Florida. This was something that uh, was attempted two years ago and did not quite meet the threshold because Florida does require 60% for a constitutional amendment, but cleared that bar pretty substantially this time around. What do you think having medical marijuana in Florida will mean for the overall industry? Well, in Florida, this pass was 71% of the vote, which is just unheard of that hardly any initiative will pass with, with that kind of support for any issue. And, you know, Florida is clearly a pivotal political state for anybody following presidential politics and, you know, uh, I think Donald Trump barely eked out Florida with a, a few tenths of a percent. Well, we have 71 percent. So and I, I think also just Florida being such a large state uh, has the potential to be a very big marketplace. Uh, even this even though this is contained within medical marijuana, uh, Florida also brings along with it many congressional representatives. And, and just with that one state alone, over half of the country, 60% supporting or living in states that have some sort of medical marijuana program. Yeah, the Florida initiative was really important too because it is a really robust program. We've seen some states pass medical marijuana and their programs are so limited that it's very difficult for them to 
serve as many patients as we'd like to see. Florida allows for a list of qualifying conditions, but also gives the doctor discretion to recommend marijuana for conditions that are not on the list. So I think that has the potential to really build out that market. So we've seen, you know, these these eight states have passed uh, these initiatives. Now let's look at the federal level. What does that mean for us first in Congress? What do you think? Well, you know, the Congress has to catch up to the people at some point. And like I said, with 60% of the population list has departed from federal marijuana prohibition. That means 60% of the House of Representatives. Uh, we also have uh, more than half of the Senate. And, you know, members of Congress tend to really only care about issues once they affect their districts. And now it's really hard for more than half of the members to say that this isn't an issue that they support when Look at Florida, that's 71%. Uh, hardly anybody gets reelected to Congress with 71% support. Yeah, we looked originally toward the Senate for a possibility that Democrats might take over and thus change some of the committee chairs. That didn't happen, as we know now. But uh, we also think that there may be some opportunities within issues like tax reform that might have a better chance of actually happening in a Republican-controlled Congress than one that was divided. Yeah, and I, you know, I think that's one of the silver linings on uh, you know what happened in the election is that tax reform has been a priority of the, the Republican Party, and now that they have a, a you know Republicans in all three branches of government, uh, there's a much better possibility that tax reform leadership has been talking about it. And what that means for us is but we have the opportunity to insert a very simple amendment which exempts uh, businesses in the state regulated marijuana industry from provision 280E of the tax code. So they can then take their deductions like any other small business is able to enjoy. Right. For those who may not know, 280E specifically affects cannabis businesses because it applies to businesses that traffic in a controlled substance, and that causes them to experience Tax rates that can be double or triple what a normal business would face. Uh, it's a major issue for NCIA. We've been working on it for a long time, and we're always looking for ways to uh, potentially solve that for our members. I want to talk uh, a little bit about the presidential results, too. Obviously, the election of Donald Trump came as a bit of a surprise to a lot of people. And now I think everyone's wondering, what does that mean for the cannabis industry? What do you think at this early stage, at least? Well, you know, looking at this, putting this in perspective, you know, this industry developed initially under the Bush administration. And, uh, well, actually, before that, the Clinton administration, uh, Bill Clinton administration, which was very hostile. We saw uh, military-style raids on medical marijuana centers in, in California on a nearly weekly basis. Uh, there were, in, in, on top of the banking issues and the 280E issues, that we face today, and we still persevered and became, you know, the fastest growing industry in this country. And now, the the point that we're at now, where we have state regulated businesses in more than half the states, or soon to to be more than half the states, uh, it's I think would be almost logistically impossible to close that industry down. Uh, there's, you know, state governments are dependent on the tax revenue that we're generating, uh, and that is, you know, something that's more powerful. Than, than any like anything we've ever seen before. And it's certainly politically not a very smart move to try to close down our industry or, or hold us back in any way. I think that's a great point to draw the contrast between the days when marijuana in some states 
were was legal, but there wasn't really a state regulated program versus now when all of these state programs have deep ties to the state governments. They're being licensed. They're contributing tax money. It's not as simple for the DOJ to, to simply come in and start shutting things down when they have those deep relationships. We need to take a break, but we'll be back shortly. Stay with us. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. <sighs> cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash, and I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay, tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase, and it gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Himping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Everyone deserves the medicine they need. Aaron's premium CBD essentials and CBD nectar products are made from plant-based organic ingredients, grown and processed in the United States. Our unique formula of coconut oil and coconut water, infused with CBD oil, is ideal for all skin types and provides maximum relief. Aaron's Essentials was formulated by 9-11 first responder and stage 4 cancer survivor Aaron Sieber. As a cannabis connoisseur, Aaron began making and using his own lab-tested medicinal cannabis products to help relieve the side effects of his rigorous cancer treatments. Visit www.cannosaurbrands.com for more information on Aaron's Essentials and learn how you can pay it forward. That's C-A-N-N-A-I-S-S-E-U-R-Brands.com. How high do you like your profit margin? CannabisRadio.com Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com Welcome back. I'm Taylor West and I'm here with Aaron Smith. Another area that people are concerned about is the attorney general uh, that Trump might nominate and whether someone in his inner circle, like a Chris Christie or a Rudy Giuliani, could be a significant problem for us. Do you worry about that right now? Uh, Well, yeah, of course I'm worried about that right now. Um, But, you know, again, no matter who is appointed in that position, they will have a a huge lift in trying trying to undo uh, what we have built here as an industry. And I I just don't see that being feasible. Our our team in D.C. uh, is continuing to to be in touch with uh, with the inner circle to to until we find out, you know, who that person is. Uh, once we do, of course, we will be, be working to, to advocate on behalf of the industry and make sure that things like the coal memo remain in place. 
I feel like this is a moment in time that is exactly what, not just in CIA, but the broader cannabis advocacy movement was built for. You know, we're in this transition period where there's uncertainty about what's going to happen at the federal level, but that's why we've been building this political foundation for the last five to six years, longer than that, but that's how long NCIA has been around, so that we're prepared for a moment when we aren't sure what's going to happen, but now we have a voice to make sure that we're at least contributing to that conversation. You know, I think there are other organizations that are doing that work as well, but certainly NCIA has uh, that as a primary focus. Before we wrap this up, let's talk for a second about Arizona. That is the one state where a cannabis initiative did not pass. What is your take on on what happened there, Aaron? Well, you know, I stood a, a big defeat. Arizona is a very deep red state. This is a, a big conservative tide that we saw in this election. And we really and we only lost by two points, to 48%. And the opposition campaign, which was funded by uh, the, the makers of Phenetol, uh, as well as other, uh, you know, bigoted anti-marijuana uh, rich, rich folks like Sheldon Adelson, um, they were running millions and millions of dollars in the ads uh, that were just very deceptive to the voters of Arizona, telling flat-out lies, and we were outspent. So I think learn from that and and invest a bit more money in their state initiative, and, and I think we'll get it past the finish line. We are out of time. Aaron, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us with NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. If you'd like to find out more information about NCIA, you can check out our website at thecannabisindustry.org. To get even more involved with the cannabis industry, join us at NCIA's Seed to Sale show taking place in Denver, January 31st through February 1st next year. There's information about that on the website, or you can go to seedtosaleshow.com. On our website, you can also find information about how to become a member of the NCIA community, joining more than a thousand member businesses nationwide. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Cannabis Industry Voice, presented by the NCIA, who actually presented by NCIA, not the. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Cannabis Industry Voice, presented by NCIA. You can download past episodes of our program by going to Cannabis Radio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and very soon on iHeartRadio. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.